Hello, Redeemer family. Welcome to this week's Formation Moment. I've got Pastor Mac who just preached on a sermon titled Three Great Statements out of Matthew 28. So as always, if you didn't listen to that sermon, go listen to it. I'll make mention of this again at the end, but there were a lot of great questions in the sermon, and I believe they will show up in the study guide as well. So this will be a great sermon to really dig into, um, I think this week and really next week as we sort of start to prepare ourselves to go into Lent. So a lot of, a lot to chew on here. And so we'll cover just a little bit of it, but make sure you listen to that sermon as well. Uh, Pastor Mac, the first thing you talked about, which I really loved, was just really setting the scene for us and really talking about Jesus' nearness to them, like his physical proximity. Um, and of course, we don't have Jesus physically proximate with us today, but we're still trying to figure out what that looks like. So, yeah, I guess my first question as a jumping off point would be from a formation standpoint, what does it look like today uh, for the Christ follower to allow Jesus to come near to us or to uh, be near to Jesus? What does that look like? Yeah. So, and I guess we're, we're going to get to this towards the end of the sermon. I talk about Jesus always being with us. Yep. I, he's always with us. He's always really near. I just think that we are often distracted, which mm. is why um, I think it's not so much about how we draw near to Him as much as it is, as, as much as it is pulling us pulling ourselves away from the things that distract us from His presence. Right. Yeah. One of the things I'm learning or I'm kind of revisiting in my life is silence. I just always have so much sound coming mm-hmm. in here. Um, and of course, solitude as well. And just when you, when you avail yourself of those practices, just, it's, it's pretty incredible how much you realize like Jesus is speaking. Um, he is near, you know, um, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. And so for somebody starting with a practice like silence, give us like, two or three tips like what are the tips for somebody practice like beginning to practice silence yeah i think jesus gives us some very very practical steps a lot of times jesus says some things or the bible says things and it isn't very practical but jesus says very clearly go to your closet Mm. be alone and pray to your father who is unseen right and so i think just very practically find a place of solitude where you're alone where it's quiet and where you can focus on the lord you don't see but knows near he's near right and so i think those are just very simple things you can do if you're, you're trying to practice silence and it takes it takes time mm-hmm. it takes a lot of time especially if you come from a big family you have a big family you kind of get used to the noise yeah right? and, and you kind of build your life around the noise and so for you it's kind of a it's a stretching to even assume that jesus would seem any clear any nearer when you're silent because all you know is jesus as you're running to the grocery store or driving you know what i mean so um, yeah, I just say take some small steps. Start with five minutes of just sitting alone somewhere. You know, I heard one pastor say that um, the bathroom is a great place to get some devotional time because mm. I want to be in there with you. So, hey, use that time, whatever you got. So. Yeah, that's good. That that makes me laugh because it makes me think of like all the memes you see that like moms post with like the toddler fingers underneath the door, like somebody's coming for them, even when they're trying to be in the bathroom. But um, yeah, that's a good word because we do live in a very distracted culture and age and even um, that that idea about silence, but also solitude being so important because there can be even visual clutter in our lives right and so getting that space alone is really key uh the next thing you talked about which i love this question was where would you go and what would you do if you believed the one with all power was supporting you and i think i got it mostly right but um i love that question because i think 
yeah, it's a big question for us and we have to wrestle with it. But what would you say um, is the formation practice for someone who lacks the confidence that God is actually for them, right? Like they don't, they don't believe that God has their back or has all the authority or the power. Where do, how do they start to reorient to that kind of a reality so that they can answer that question? Yeah, fantastic question. Um, avail yourselves, meditate on, which is another practice, but um, avail yourselves of those scriptures that remind you of Jesus' nearness. Mm. I've got love for you, you know. Um, it's a psalm. I can't remember. I want to say it's Psalm 122, but I, I can't remember, 149, but the psalm that reminds us we are fearfully one if we may, mm. right? Put us together in the womb. Um, the text today, um, Psalm 20, I am with you always, yeah. every day, you know, those things, because um, they're things that we, we easily forget. So avail yourself of those texts and remind yourself of those texts. And I think that I'll meditate on those texts. I think that's a great place to start. Yeah, that's a good one. I think of Psalm 23 also, even the, the simplicity of like the first verse, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Like even if you can't memorize anything else, you can remember that. And having that kind of as the tape that plays uh, prepares you to be able to answer that question. If I believe that, right, that I lack nothing, then what would I be able to do out of that power? So I think that's really good. There's good stuff there. Um, now you kind of moved to talking about the Great Commission, which we've heard a lot about this. Um, and so we, we know this well, but I thought the distinction for this sermon was the moment where you talk about everyone being essential, right? Everyone mattering. So what does it look like? Like, what are the markers of someone who's living that well, that like everyone matters, everyone belongs? Um, yeah. What, what should our lives look like if we are really living into that mentality? And then I'll bounce this question back to you, bro, because I, as I was convicted in this sermon as I've been convicted so, so many times. You know, I'm one of those people who I'm quick to talk about social injustice. I'll talk about racism and those things. But often when I do that, like a lot of us, I neglect where I'm being biased towards mm -hmm. certain, certain people, groups and things of that nature. And so I'm really trying to figure that out for myself. You know, what does that look like for me to truly value all people equally? You know, um, I guess one of the things I've one of the things I've been doing is um, just trying to be. And I, I know this is a small thing, but it is something that I think we also miss. It's just self-awareness, just being yeah. present. Right? right here in this moment, I'm reacting to this person before me in a way that I'm not reacting to this other person. What What's different? What's going on there? You know, and that's just one of the small things I'm trying. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I think about that. There's two things I would I would add uh, to the conversation. One, and Wes gave me this analogy, who Wes is the principal at, at Peace Prep. He uh, gave this analogy that like we're all like a piece of the puzzle, right? And we can't see the full puzzle without all the pieces, right? And so we need each other's perspectives, each other's differences to get a more complete picture of who God really is. And that really helped me to see like, yeah, everybody's contributing something to this, no matter what it is. So that's one. Then the other thing I would say is evaluate your life for the voices that are missing, right? Whether that's an ethnic group or a gender, uh, there, if you're only, you know, reading books or listening to sermons or listening to songs by or looking at one kind of art or whatever it is, evaluate your life for that. And a few years ago, something I, I did um, I, in my rule of life, I had, you know, to read two books per month. 
And I intentionally said one of those books will be, be a, by a female author. And this is related to faith. So whether that's a female theologian or a female priest or whatever it was, that I, I, there was, I was just lacking the female perspective. And the only, theology, the only theological perspectives I was reading were from men. And I thought, well, then I'm missing half of the story, right? Because half of the church are my sisters, right? And so that's just a challenge, I think, for all of us, though, to say who, what voices are missing, um, and once I include those voices, the fullness of the picture of God will start to un- in- unfold in my life. And then I think we'll start to look for that a little bit more specifically. So that's, yeah, that's what I would add. Um, uh, okay, last thing here, baptism. You kind of go into this moment about baptism, and then uh, there's actually one more thing. But first, baptism. Uh, I loved how you talked about this because I think that, um, our culture, and I also loved the call to like baptism happening in the context of community, because I think often we neglect that. But we don't often see a lot of baptism. I mean, part of it is the nature of our church is small, but like I think even the the faith traditions we're in have kind of moved away from like that regular practice of baptism. Even when I think about Lent, um, Lent initially was like a catechismic time in the church where it, all new believers were prepared during Lent for baptism on Easter, right? That's part of the history of Lent. Um, and, and, then, and then they celebrated that once a year at Easter was all, all the baptisms of people who had come to the faith in that year. But what does it look like for believers like right now to how do we remember our baptism? Like, right, are there any practices you'd recommend or any things you, you think about in terms of like remembering our baptism more often than just like the times we see it in scripture or hear a sermon about it? Yeah, um, well, I've seen it done really bad. Mm-hmm. Where they have rebaptizing services. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bad idea. Don't do that. Um, but I, I don't know, Benjamin. Other than saying honestly that I, when I consider the scripture, um, and and I'm reminded from this particular sermon, this particular study, like I, I remember, I was baptized twice. Even though I tell you not to be rebaptized. <laughs> The first time I was baptized because some people told me to do it. The second time I become a Christian, but for some reason, for some reason, that first baptism is still mo- was still most significant. It's very it's, it's, that's, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, but, but I would say this though: the blessing of remembering my baptism is that for me as a Christian, something did happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Something did happen. And it does stand for me as an, an altar of remembrance. Yeah. Something did have, something did change, right? Um, and and so that that's why I wanted to emphasize in the sermon that baptism is not just an act with water, right? Mm. Something spiritually happening within you. There is spiritual reality significance going on, and so um, it is, it's another marker of faith for me. Same thing with the remembrance of through, through the body and the blood of Christ, which is yeah. something I thought about talking about, but had to cut something out. It felt really wrong. Stop yeah, it. absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think about like um, people who are maybe familiar with like the Catholic tradition and kind of going into like a, a more cathedral like space with the little font, right? The baptismal font always there, the holy water that you can kind of dip your fingers in. And I think of those kinds of practices. But for those of us that, you know, don't walk in that 
stream or uh, aren't a part of that faith tradition, I think something we could potentially do is I think incorporating more of like even the sign of the cross in our lives, like just that simple remembering of the Father, Son, and Spirit, right? And crossing ourselves like the head, the Father, then across the chest, Son, and Spirit um, can just physically remind us of the the presence of all three, because you talked about that as well. Of it happens in the context of the Father, Son, and Spirit. So those are a couple I would I would think about or like kind of dig more into. Um, and they get us to this last point, which is the great comfort that Jesus is always with us. I love that point. Um, how do we remind ourselves of this, like, and other people? How do we be? How are we walking remembrances of the fact that Jesus is with us? Because that's I think the best news of the whole the whole thing, right? Yeah, I think the, 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 the answer is twofold. The first one is, and I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm beating this one in, but it's just facts. Again, meditate on those texts to remind you, right? Yeah. I love what that commentary said. They said that this was a promise of Jesus. It was a fact yeah. that he would be with us and never leave us. Meditate on that. This is a fact that Jesus was making. Not, not, he was not just saying, hopefully, you know, sometimes, no, you know, as opposed to the second thing, that, and this kind of leads more to our discipleship and our witness, as those who have Jesus with us, we're supposed to carry Jesus to other people. Yeah. You know, and so we, we should be that embodiment to others. So keep in mind as you're driving and you want to flip that bird or, that <laughs> yeah. hey, you're embodying Jesus, you know, opportunities to, to love people, care for people. Um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a Christ, it's a Christ-like work. So. Yeah, that's really good. Well, thanks for this chat. And again, a great sermon. If you if you didn't listen to it, I would recommend to listen to it even again, or just spend some time with the study guide and, and read those questions out. Because I think the questions you asked in the sermon will help us all to follow Jesus more specifically in our lives uh, with more purpose and intention. And I think that will be the thing that reminds us that that Christ is always with us when we when we think about it, right? And yeah. then it just becomes we're we're just more aware of it instead of just like um, something that we're just doing on Sundays. This becomes a part of our everyday life. So thank you for this word. Thank you for orienting us to Jesus and to the to the call of following Him. Um, and yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yep. All right, God bless you, church. Have a great week. Peace.